Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello and welcome to the first ever Christmas special Ho 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 of Keeping Up Appearances, <laughs> the luxury podcast. This is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. And now we're getting a little bit more festive. Oh yes indeed. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Of course with me, our very own Christmas elf. William Hansen. <laughs> yes, Jonathan and I are here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of keeping up appearances, and we want you to fall in love with her festive world as much as we love it. In each episode of this luxury festive podcast, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. Today's episode, of course, is the first ever Keeping Up Appearances Christmas special. So do take us through the synopsis, please, William. Well, it's a short synopsis from the Harold Snowed companion book. I'm not surprised because I wonder whether they just made this up on the hoof. (laughs) Here we go. Hyacinth arranges for Richard to play Father Christmas for a senior citizen's party at the church (laughs) hall. (laughs) Over the other side of town, Onslow has rather gone overboard in decorating the dilapidated car in their garden. I love that that's in the plot. I mean, it's, it's three lines in the script. Rose has a new boyfriend who is very romantically inclined and loves dancing. And that's the plot. Seriously, this episode, it's as if they were all on drugs when they did it. <laughs> it's very it unusual episode. It's like, it's like they've made it up. Just, well, oh, quick, we've got to do a Christmas special <laughs> at the end of recording a normal episode. Let's just make something up. I mean, it feels like that, doesn't it? It's absolutely... A bit like today. <laughs> it, <laughs> 
it's it's seriously nuts. Yes, there, well, we'll dissect it and go in, go into it in, in a bit more detail in a moment. <clears throat> it is interesting, actually, in in the Harold Snow book, sort of after that plot synopsis, he does talk about the ending of that episode. Originally, when the script came in from Roy Clark, they all hated, including Patricia Routledge. So Harold Snow went away and rewrote it. So what, what was we- the original <laughs> ending? I mean, <laughs> yes. Well, I'll read, I, I I'll, watched. So I, I just just for for bucketheads to be aware, I recapped this afternoon before recording this <laughs> podcast on the episode, and there was a part of me that wondered whether I've always fallen asleep before the end because I don't actually remember just how crazy it was. It's literally they're all snogging one another. <laughs> It makes no sense, and then it just kind of ends. I, I mean, I love it. It's fun, but it's weird. I watched it uh, last night with with Mikey, my fiance, because <laughs> uh, he'd never seen it. He was like, "Oh, I'll watch it with you. I've never seen that one." And he was sitting there completely confused as well, going, "But they're married. Why are they doing that? What? What?" He was absolutely stunned. We shouldn't get ahead of ourselves. We'll get to the mm. end, but it's well worth listening on for because I mean, it really was. I mean. At times, it's disgusting. <laughs> Perverted. Yes. Deviants. It does start, though, with one of my favourite scenes ever in the Hyacinth world, another little vignette with the Christmas card. And it's a quote I say every time I empty the postbox and come inside, every Christmas from <laughs> oh, Mikey. Go on. More Christmas cards. So, so many, many friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Every day at Christmas when I get the post, because we get a lot of Christmas cards. You, of course, mm. today, when you arrived here at Vernon Smith Towers, you yep. came through the tradesman's entrance. Mm. You missed my luxury wreath. I Oh, have you got a wreath on the door? I had a wreath like Hyacinth has on her front door. <laughs> For the opening, and I had that specially put on for today's podcast. Well, we'll have to we'll have to go later, and you can open the door whilst I'm looking at the wreath, and I can just thrust the wreath at you. Stick it on my breasts, <laughs> <Yeah>, Elizabeth. <laughs> it starts okay, doesn't it? I mean, the the beginning of it it's is really fairly strong. typical. Yeah, yeah. yeah, different postman, which is a different postman, isn't he it? He never appears again, but just. Well, mind you, sometimes the Royal Mail at Christmas time do have special extras, don't they? Yes. yes. So maybe he was an extra. Yep. But Hyacinth is very, very keen for the postman to know just how many cards that is. Do you remember? Yes. How many? Uh, oh, I can't remember because it might come back as a quiz question at the end. <laughs> 112. 112. Uh, yeah. That makes 112. Did you know? What? In 2016... I also received, I checked this last night, 112 Christmas cards. Did you really? Mm. It has gone down every year, though. I'm going to admit something to you, and you're going to hate me just a little bit. I hate Christmas cards. Yes, I know you do. And I throw them in the bin. (laughs) But they're all over your shelf. They're only on the mantelpiece while we're recording this. (laughs) And because you kindly sent me one, I have to tell you, when you've gone, they're all going in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> I hate One of they, them is to save the date. They, yeah, no, I'll keep your one just for right, the date. Thanks. But Christmas cards really get on my nerves. You see, now, I'll be honest with you, and I think I've told you this before, possibly on your radio programme when you get me on to talk about this sort of thing. <laughs> I have a Christmas card list. 
That's right. how I know I have 112, because I mark off who sent me one. Lovely. And we have a rule. If you haven't sent us a Christmas card for three years in a row, you're off the list. But I've never sent you one. No, so the last couple of years, you didn't get sent one. You've only got one this year, because it's the save the date. <laughs> But you see, that's the thing. I hadn't even noticed. No. <laughs> I really, they really, they get on my nerves. Why? What's so harmful about they someone just, wishing you? They're just a fan. Because have, have you noticed when the scene goes into Hyacinth, mm. she arrives in the house. Richard's there in his Christmas <laughs> apron. Arranging them. He's arranging and dusting. And um, Hyacinth has got Christmas cards kind of, Hanging from everywhere. Yeah, it's festive decoration. Oh, just awful. Where are you supposed to put the blooming things? Well, on surface space. No. Bookshelves? They fall off. They're annoying. They're just... My parents um, had a... And I think my dad still does in the family house... He put little kind of nails all the way around the the, the ceiling area of the living Mm. room... With a little bit of cotton. Oh, cotton. And that stays there all year round. And then he just kind of puts the cards over the cotton. Yeah. And they hang all round the... the, the uh, it's awful. I, I don't see what's wrong with that. They just... I'll tell you the only use for Christmas cards. If you have some serrated scissors, you can cut out some of the pictures at the front and make gift tags out of them. <laughs> The producers giving me very disapproving looks. No, seriously, they get right up my nose, Christmas cards. Do you cards. write Christmas cards? Only to to people I have to. Well, who's that? My next-door neighbours, because they water my baskets. <laughs> <laughs> and they're in their 90s, and it, to them it means a lot. It gives them something to look forward to. Yes, no, to. I do, but, uh, but not really. I, d- I never write one to you. No, I've never received any form so, of card I'm, from you. I'm so, have I? I've never given you a Christmas no, I think, birthday card. You no, know, to be fair, when I turned, when I had a landmark birthday. Oh yes, you get one then. Yeah. No, I just think cards are just all a bit of a faff. Did you receive cards as a child? Is this some sort of trauma from childhood that's carried over into adult life? I don't know. I don't, probably, yeah. Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, well, because when you're at school, you know, it's yeah, a bit yeah. of a competition, isn't it? How many cards you've received in the class? Yes. Thank God, people ground of that. Well, quite. <laughs> 112! But no, I'm sorry. William, never after this year, please never send me a Christmas card again. No. Well, I won't, because hopefully I won't have another save the date. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Fingers crossed. Anyway, so you've, you've thank- never written a Christmas card to yourself like Hyacinth? Never. I don't want the blooming things in the house. They get up my nose. I've got written here as a note, how does Jonathan display his cards? But I feel that's slightly <laughs> academic. <laughs> Did you not know I'm, I threw them in the bin? No. <laughs> Look horrified. I hope you recycle them. <laughs> you genuinely look a bit hurt. Are you a bit put out? No, it's it's fine. I'll work out the cost per card later. Out. Isn't he put out? Does the producer throw them in the bin? <laughs> not like immediately. Well, no. I mean... <laughs> You give it a bit longer than, you know, Jonathan's requisite hour that the Christmas card has in the house. So they don't even get that. Oh, my God. I look. I see who's written it. I'm so, I should not be admitted it. <laughs> I see who's written it to me. Yes. I make a mental note of whether I need to return one to them. And then it goes straight in the bin. <laughs> well, if any of Jonathan's friends or family are listening to this and they send no, him a Christmas seriously, card, I tell them, don't stop. tell. I say, you have in the past told me I don't say, send don't send them. They go straight in the bin. 
They really annoy me. I hate it. <laughs> Happy Christmas, everybody. Uh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> the phone rings. Moving back to the episode, away from this controversial topic. Right. The phone rings. I think there's a bit of an odd... Did you notice there's an odd ring to the phone? I think they, they looped it the sound... It keeps ringing. Yeah, but they, it rings over the ring. Yes, it, that is, it's definitely... But that's just... That's the first sign that all is not well with this episode. <laughs> In fact, should we hear that sound effect? Now just put those up, will you, dear? Wow. The McKay residence, the lady of the house speaking. And it's Sheridan. Sheridan! He and Tarquin are rebuilding Romania. Yes, they are. <laughs> but she hopes he's going to dress warmly. Yes, in the in the silk pyjamas from the previous episode. <laughs> <laughs> He'll need more than that in Romania, I think. Yes. Um, we go over to Liz and Emmett's. Elizabeth and Emmett have quite a nice Christmas tree. They do. Have you noticed they've stuck little candles on it? Oh, Nice. Yes. It's quite traditional. Old-fashioned. How the Victorians had it. Yes. Quite how you get a, how, yes, how do you get a candle to stay on a Christmas tree? I don't know. You might have to have some quite stiff sort of, like, um, <laughs> fixings. <laughs> Shall we talk about your Christmas tree? Uh, oh, I... <laughs> I was going to go easy on it before your Christmas card rant. <laughs> Come on, I'll tell you. The, I'll tell you all about it. Go on. Do you like it? It's here. Bucket heads next to the table for for festive effect. Yes, uh, it's got a star on top, so that's a tick. That's fine. <laughs> it does yes. And from there and the baubles are from Marks Spencer's. <laughs> okay, they're fine. Yeah. And you have sort of gone colour coordinated, <laughs> which is all right. <laughs> I'm not convinced about the beads. All right. It's better than tinsel, yeah, it is surely. Than yes, tinsel. And uh, the biggest problem with it is uh, it's fake. <laughs> it's it's the fakest Christmas tree you've ever seen. Now, have I never told you about my Christmas tree? I think tree? you might have done. It's so, ringing a bell. Years ago, we had a DIY store called Focus. Yes, I remember it. Focus DIY. And uh, probably 10, 11 years ago, Focus went bust. <laughs> And when they went bust, they had a closing down sale. Right. So I found myself one day in focus on the closing down sale. And I'll level with you, William. There's very little left. <laughs> but there, next to the front door, in a broken up old cardboard box, was a Christmas tree. Ten pounds. Six foot Christmas tree. It is six foot. It hasn't shrunk. That is not six foot. Well, it's described on the box. I six am six foot. foot. Producer, you're six foot two. I don't think that's six. Well, no wonder they went bust. <laughs> <laughs> but that that Christmas tree was ten pounds, and I bought it because I thought one day I might need a, a Christmas tree because I always go away Maybe to the at sunshine. Christmas. No, 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 because I I escape oh, I this country. Yes, you do. I like to go to the sunshine for Christmas normally before COVID. Yes, you know you could escape. And so I'm never normally here for Christmas. Mm. But I bought it and I thought, well, maybe one year, you know, in an emergency, I'll need it. <laughs> and the, that emergency has come in the form of a pandemic. <laughs> so for the last few years, the Focus £10 Christmas tree has appeared. I can only apologise. Have we not suffered enough? <laughs> <laughs> I know. No, it's, I mean, it's something, isn't it's, it? It's a gesture. It's <laughs> a gesture. 
gesture. It is certainly that. Yes. Although Liz and Emmett's tree, however nice it is with their candles, does have a naff Bowie thing on top, so we don't like that. Oh. If you look at it, just just in the top of the shot. Uh, but it goes back then to uh, the drawing room at Wayne Elm, and Hyacinth has bought Richard the Father Christmas suit. I Now, I love this scene because she puts Richard in the Father Christmas suit, but I always look forward to this episode for when she does up the front and she tickles him <laughs> and he does a little giggle. <laughs> it's a funny giggle. <laughs> Do you think that that was the first time they decided they could just make stuff up during this episode? Possibly. Did they improvise the entire I think episode? It was, I think the whole thing was improvised, really. I can't breathe! Of course you can breathe! No, Richard, please don't make those vulgar noises. If there's one thing that distinguishes us from other people, it's the absence of vulgar noises. Uh, it cuts to Rose, Daisy and Onslow. Of course, Daisy and Onslow, the big old slobs, they're lying there in bed. I think he's in chocolate. Milk tray. <laughs> yes. And Daisy's having milk tray in bed. Rose has come in to announce that um, she's looking for Daddy's whistle. Because <laughs> it's gone. It's often the first thing to go. Um, going back to the, the Father Christmas stuff, and obviously it's the <laughs> central theme to this episode, have you ever dr- dressed up as Father Christmas? Uh, Obviously, Father Christmas is Father Christmas, but have you ever dressed up as Father Christmas? Oh, one of the pretend Father Christmas is not the real one. Yeah. Uh, Yes, I have, actually. Have you? Can we know why? Well, my... uh, So, you know my grandparents used to run a hotel. Yes. And my father, in his loft, still has my grandfather's Father Christmas outfit that he used to wear on Christmas Day at the hotel. For the senior citizens? Yes. It stinks of mothballs well it just smells of something that's very old the beard in particular is very smelly uh but it's there and as a child my brother and i used to dress up in that quite quite frequently that's and walk around but no i've never i've never actually been father christmas i like to think i'm not quite old or fat enough just yet (laughs) no although of course with the pandemic a lot of father christmases Mm. are very young this year it's true. It's true, because they're keeping all the old people. <laughs> I thought you because they died. No! <laughs> they're trying to protect. Ah. They're protecting the old ones. <clears throat> so they're they're very young. Well, there's there's also discussion whilst whilst they're dressing up as Father Christmas, or Richard is dressing up as Father Christmas, about Hyacinth's Boxing Day candlelight supper. Oh yes. Which sounds very sophisticated. It does. Now you're normally out of the country on Boxing Day, yes? Is that mm. your flying day? Yes. So you presumably don't do anything for Boxing Day. Boxing Day is the most dreadful day. Oh, really? It's awful. Oh, I love it. What? Boxing Day? Yes, because we have, if we're, if we're with my family, we do a, a Boxing Day lunch buffet. Right. Not candlelight. Mm. But we have even more people on Boxing Day than we do on Christmas Day. Other relatives. Oh. And the ones that... The B team. <laughs> No, I mean, that, the... let's be honest, that's what Boxing Day's for, isn't it? The B team. It's for the relatives that you don't want to see on Christmas Oh, day. no, but we love all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Every <laughs> single one of them. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you invite them for Christmas Day, then? No space. <laughs> I mean, though, I mean, Boxing Day really is. 
Oh, it's awful. If any of my Boxing Day relatives are listening to this, <laughs> looking forward to seeing you this year. <laughs> Don't come too early. <laughs> uh, I also love the fact that Hyacinth rather nicely thinks that the family Christmas party that she gives for her family gives them something to remember during the long winter months. <laughs> When they're sitting at home with no electricity, yes. no heating, they remember Hyacinth's family Christmas party and it warms them from inside. I can't disappoint them. Gives them something to remember during the long winter months. The Boxing Day soiree, though, that's different to Hyacinth's festive yes. Christmas dinner, isn't it? Family Christmas For the family, dinner. yeah. which obviously happens at an evening because she loves her family, especially when it gets dark this early. Exactly. <laughs> Although, can I just take this opportunity to point out the fact that this episode was clearly filmed in the middle of summer. Yes. Because firstly, they're all wearing inappropriate clothes <laughs> and it's far too sunny. I mean, it's just they, they really have not tried very hard to make it look properly Christmassy. No. And actually, it's interesting because the other Christmas episodes they do for Keeping Up Appearances are never then Christmas-themed. No. no They're just true. other episodes set at different times of the year that got shown at Christmas. Mm. So they, they tried it once. And, and we, we know how it worked. Yeah. And actually, the most of the other Christmas specials, in fact, I think all of them, are very good. Yes, particularly the QE2. The QE2 is just legendary. I mean, this this one amazing. really is, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's weak. It, it is weak, with with some funny moments. Oh, lots of funny moments, but yes. for the wrong reason, I think. I think it's particularly good when Richard then is forced to go over to Elizabeth's to sort of try out the outfit on Elizabeth. And Elizabeth's going to leave the leave the house and is making this reference about, you know, weird people or whatever and opens the door and screams. Yes. That Mikey thought was very funny. Well, it is funny, really. And and the look on Emmett's face at Richard. Yes. Very good. And he says, I thought you were supposed to come in through the <laughs> chimney. Or come down the chimney. Of course, he ends up in, in the room, and we come back to that a little later. But first, they have to cut to Onslow, who's in the front garden next to the old banger. And this is when we first realise that he has decorated mm. the banger in the drive with the most disgusting kind of naff little Christmas display. Yes, he obviously had gone down to Focus as well and bought some Christmas decorations. <laughs> You're never going to let me forget that, are you? Well, after I heard what you do with Christmas cards. Uh, so, yes, he puts that in the in the car. It's a ni- I, I guess it's a nice payoff, a little bit, for seeing that car. It's, some, it's a nice way to involve the car. Kind of. But this is where... This is where the episode really starts to, to become bonkers. When it goes all a bit Strictly Come Dancing. Well, because Rose's man, Mr Sudbury... New man. New man, We'll Mr. have a Sudbury. recap of all Rose's men shortly. He suddenly arrives on scene and comes kind of dancing down the street. And then there's a slow motion bit as he lifts her up. But I can't tell whether, I've now, I watched that bit several times, whether they are going slowly, so they're acting slow motion... Or if the producers have slowed the footage down in the edit. And I think it's a bit of both. I think you're right. Yes. But it's weird. And then Very again, weird. in like two scenes later, we have, they come sort of down through the oh, middle yeah. of the houses. Proper dance routine round the, round the lamppost. And do you think they just went, oh, it's a Christmas special. We'll have a dance routine. Yes, That's what I think they did. appearances has lacked. I think they did. But this is when um, you feel as if Roy Clark's influence is quite strong in this episode mm. because if you've ever seen last of the summer wine that rarely makes any sense either no 
Yeah. And this is where you really feel it's as if he kind of thought, let's just let's just have fun and do silly things in this. Mm. And it is it, it, it is bonkers. And, and plot sort of disappears a little bit. Yes. Little donkey, little donkey. Oh, am I through to the Thorgenby residence? We cut back to Hyacinth's house and she's on the phone trying to get through to Mr. Well, Mr. and Mrs. Thorgenbury. Reggie. Reggie Thorgenbury. What a funny little voice. <laughs> and of course, it's Mrs. Thorgenbury. Yes. I love that moment. It's a great moment. Isn't it's it? a good Can mo- I speak to your mummy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you are Mrs. Thorgenbury. <laughs> and she's inviting them over for a mulled wine and a hot mince pie. Yes. And the mulled wine and hot mince pie makes several reappearances. Yes. I nearly bought some mince pies for this episode that I felt that we could eat. I'm glad you didn't. Well, this is why I didn't, because the producer doesn't like them. And do you like them? I don't like them, and they've cost me a lot of money. (laughs) Oh, because of your dog. When my dog was a puppy, she ate an entire box of Mr Kipling mince pies (laughs) and had to have her stomach pumped. She's cost me a lot of money on a couple of Christmases running. Right. There was the mince pie episode, Mm. and last Christmas, on Christmas Eve... Uh, she cut her foot open on a flint <gasps> yes. and needed surgery on what Christmas What was the flint Eve. from? In the field. <gasps> We've yes. got nothing to do with Christmas. No, just no Christmas. it was Christmas Eve. <sighs> she went for a festive run and cut her foot on the flint and emergency surgery on Christmas Eve. I remember. Very expensive. Damn Gosh. dog. Never mind. Never mind. She's worth every penny. Exactly. And in fact, after the surgery last year, mm. she was off her face on Christmas Day. Because <laughs> of the medication. As all good people are. <laughs> oh, I'd better get that. It's probably my sister Violet at a luxury villa in Ibiza. We'll be back in a moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And we're back, Christmas bucketheads. 
Ho, ho, ho. We're talking about the Father Christmas suit, the 11th episode in series two, but the first Christmas special of Keeping Up Appearances, which, if you haven't heard the start of this episode, it's a bit of a weird episode of the programme. Crackers, totally crackers, in more ways than one. Elizabeth has been asked to collect for charity and comes to see Hyacinth uh, and drops her coins all over Hyacinth's lacquered wood block. Yes, and it's had its festive polish. Which is nice. <laughs> I want to know from Hyacinth, though, what is different from a regular polish to its festive polish. Does she do anything different in the process? No, uh, I don't think she does. From the appearance of it, <laughs> in fact, her wood block looks a bit, little bit dull. It does. Your woodblock wouldn't look like that. Little, little bit plasticky, <laughs> no, yeah. dare I say it. Well, it probably is. I think it probably was, yeah. Laminate. Mm. Um, do you do anything different with cleaning at Christmas as opposed to other times of the year? <laughs> like, like what? I have introduced a new oh. little festive twist. Go on. With McCream Cleaner. Oh. You know, the one beginning with C. Sif, mm. we can say it. Now I'm interested. Sif Winter Sparkle. What makes it so winter sparkly? I don't know. It's more the fragrance. Oh. But it isn't very nice. And I don't normally like fragranced cleaning products. Okay. I like to smell the bleach. But other than that, Sif Winter Sparkle. Oh, really? Thank me later. Like French soap. You know that lovely flash yes, French yes, soap you yes, gave me? That yes. was nice. I'm back on that again. Oh, are you? Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you. wait for... Wait for Sif Winter Sparkle. Oh, really? Thank me later. Gosh. Okay, thanks very much. Pleasure. So her woodblock has had its festive polish. Mm. Uh, The phone rings while Liz is kind of on the floor (laughs) and trying to pick up all the money that's fallen all over it. And uh, it's my sister Violet. Yes. Violet! She's not in Ibiza. No. Hyacinth thought she would be in Ibiza, but she's not in, in Ibiza. But it quickly becomes apparent Bruce is up to no good. He's acting. Although better for him to, you know, act in theatrical circles. Yes. But again, he's playing one of those parts that Hyacinth is not so happy with. Because he's cross-dressing. He's Cinderella, she says. But, lovely line, at least Cinderella married well. That's true. Uh, she has to get rid of Elizabeth at this moment because obviously she doesn't want Elizabeth to hear about There's a funny little moment, though, just before she realises about Cinderella, where sort of Liz is obviously on her knees picking up the coins and mm. obviously sort of nudges Hyacinth. We don't really see where she nudges her. Yes, this is weird. And Hyacinth goes, oh, there's no secrets it... between us. Yes. I mean, Elizabeth <laughs> doesn't come around looking at Hyacinth's skirt, does she? On a regular basis. <laughs> We've never seen that moment before. It's a bit weird. Do you think the cast were drunk? (laughs) I wonder if they'd recorded this after, at the end of their Christmas party. Yes, possibly. So she gets rid of of Liz, and we do have a nice Patricia Routledge physical comedy moment. With the wreath. With the wreath, where as she throws Elizabeth out of the door... Uh, the wreath on the front door gets attached to Liz's cleavage. (laughs) Not quite sure how that happens, but it comes off the door, gets attached to Liz's cleavage. She then has to try and stick it back on using a little sucker thing. (laughs) Which is there, sort of like a cat licking the sucker. Licking away. And silly Liz, she (laughs) sticks it on the wood. Yeah. You stick that kind of sucker on the glass. Mm. Silly sucker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, dear. I don't think we can criticise the cast of Keeping Up Appearances for doing a weird Christmas special. 
No. I don't think we have a leg to stand on. By the way, do you want a gin and tonic? Oh, yes, let's I have mean, a gin I'm and tonic. already, you may have noticed, I'm already midway through one. <laughs> and it's a strong one because I can't stand a weak gin. No. Well, I'll, I'll have a strongish gin and tonic, please. <laughs> Would you like a JBS spesh? JBS spesh-ish. You could perform open heart surgery on someone after they've had one of my gin and tonics. <laughs> it wouldn't feel a thing. Ben? Would you like one, producer? Yeah. And if you emphasize, you would not say it glows. It glows. <laughs> oh, now, Bucketheads, Jonathan has just made us our gin and tonics. Get that down, you. Mm. Oh, what's the gin? Is it Sipsmith? <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you say that. It's funny I say that. Um, talking, talking of, uh, I mean, it's ironic that you've just made us a drink because the next scene that we have, Richard and Emmett are sloshed. Yes, they are. Well, I mean, Richard puts up a bit of a protest to begin with, but mm. it doesn't last long, does it? No. And we see them at the piano singing uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Oh, yes. They're a bit red in the face as well. Absolutely plastered they are. But I think that's what Christmas is all about. Yes, but it isn't actually Christmas Day. No, it's not no. Christmas. No, but I like pre-Christmas drinks. Yeah, well, yes, your pre-Christmas drinks start in January, don't they? They do. Good old build-up <laughs> for the for the following Christmas. Um, then they sort of we go off to Onslow's. They're off looking for Daddy. That's just really an excuse to get them out the house. Yes, and that's the end of that. Back to Elizabeth and Emmett's, and Hyacinth has phoned Liz. She needs Richard to come round and drive her to the church hall. Because Richard has obviously got to go and hand out the Christmas presents for the senior citizens. Yes. But of course, when Liz sees Richard is absolutely plastered, she realises there's no way he can drive. Not only that, but Hyacinth's going to be absolutely furious. So Liz decides at that point that she's going to pretend she's Richard. So she gets into the Father Christmas outfit. Rips it off, Richard. Yeah. And uh, she's going to drive the Rover, Mm. pretending she is Richard. Yes. Richard's going to get the bus with Emmett to the old person's Christmas experience. The church hall. Yeah. Mm. So there's then a rather nice moment, because I love the following scene, where she's getting Hyacinth in the Rover. Hyacinth thinks that it is Richard, but of course it's Liz. And then there's that lovely moment where Hyacinth is doing her usual backseat driving with Elizabeth. And at one point she grabs the steering wheel and kind of yanks the steering wheel. There's a, I, I really enjoy the comedy of the Rover scene. Yeah, it's it's fun. And um, it, sort of, it, it does actually, I suppose, I mean, I know we've, we've talked about sometimes I maybe overthink uh, episodes, particularly as they're written by Roy Clark, and that's not, not advised. But it does sort of work as a conceit of a scene because, of course, Liz doesn't need to say anything as Richard because Hyacinth doesn't listen to him anyway and no. just is so sort of focused on whatever Hyacinth is thinking about. So you can believe that that could actually happen. I don't feel that's stretching the truth too much. They see Onslow and Daisy heading in the opposite direction and Hyacinth tries to hide. Again, hilarious Patricia Routledge physical comedy yep. getting down in the seat. Then they see... Heading towards the car, Mr. and Mrs. Thorgenbury. Yes. They must be heading to the house. <gasps> and then, of course, she thinks, oh, no, they're going to bump into Onslow and Daisy. So she forces the car across the road to stop them. Becomes like an episode of Police Interceptors. It does seem <laughs> like 
<laughs> which is why you like it. I love it. Yeah. It's like traffic cops. <laughs> and um, I quite enjoy this moment, although Mr. Thorkenbury is the worst actor that they have ever used <laughs> in Keeping Up Appearances. A shout-out to Mark Brackenbury. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so, sorry, He's, Mr. Brackenbury. Is he dead? I mean, it was 30 years ago. He was quite elderly in that. We'll yeah. look it up. Mr. Thorgenbury goes over to speak to Richard, which, of course, we know is Liz. And when he looks through the car window, <laughs> he spots a little bit of leg and petticoat. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks Richard's gone a little bit Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does. Then they all arrive. She persuades them that they should come to the church hall. Yes. This Old to watch Richard give out the presents. Yes. Because that's what any boss would want to do. Exactly. So they all arrive at the church hall and it becomes apparent Daddy's on the loose. <laughs> There's a Daddy on the loose and he's possibly wearing no clothes. And we see the vicar again. Not many episodes with the vicar in for series two, but the vicar is there greeting Hyacinth. Yes, he is. Uh, and he's concerned about Daddy, obviously, and describes Miss Winthorpe's scream. Yes, then there's an explosion signalling the arrival of Onslow and Daisy in the Cortina. Mm. So we're starting to build up the farcical nature yes. of how this episode now unfolds. Um, it quickly becomes apparent Daddy, meanwhile, is in the village hall mm. touching up a woman. Yeah, all a bit uncomfortable. All a bit uncomfortable. Um, and yet when you watch it looking through historic eyes, mm. it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and is it, daddy is then put in a cat costume which and there's a there's a throwaway line that hyacinth says and i like to feel that maybe harold snowed or somebody wrote it for her in order to sort of explain why they have a cat costume to hand with it's lucky that the pantomime's dick whittington, dick whittington yeah. although i think my mind might have got there without that line but maybe others wouldn't have got to that conclusion yeah so now the scene is really... Oh, actually, sorry, can I pick up on, on something just related to cat costume? Yeah. When we find out, because he's in the cat costume because he was basically naked, as she sort of, as the vicar infers. And I love the way that Hyacinth, she she goes super RP with her pronunciation of the word P. Poor. Yes, donated his clothes to the poor. poor. <laughs> yes. It's very, very RP. I like it. Uh, so she's got Daddy in this cat costume, and now she needs to try and get him to the car. As she comes out of this room where Daddy has been, mm. dressed as a... I mean, the, the lady he was inappropriately touching up seems to have vanished. Yes. So Hyacinth appears, and this is where it really starts to become... Weird. Seriously weird. So she comes out, and Onslow... Well, she is dressed as Father Christmas... Yes, but Onslow is snogging Elizabeth. Oh, yes. Who is dressed as Father Christmas. Yes, Hyacinth's not dressed as Father Christmas not yet. Not yet, no. Onslow is snogging Elizabeth. So Hyacinth, through her eyes, thinks that Onslow and Richard have become lovers. Yes. Which is fine, we're all fine with that, but weird. She does. She seems. I mean, she's she's interested mm. in what's happening, but she doesn't seem as horrified as anybody would be in seeing your brother-in-law, who's married to your sister, snogging your next-door neighbour, who's dressed as Father Christmas. She then decides she's got to get Daddy 
to the car without the Thorgenbury scene. Mm. So she's then dressed as Father Christmas. She then arrives at the car dressed as Father Christmas. Discovers that the Thorgenbys have gone. They've gone. She's trying to get Daddy in the car. And there's and that routine with the tail. With that, the tail. She ugh. can't get his tail in the yeah, car. Yeah, but it goes on a bit. Yeah, that, she's but... trying to get his tail in the car. Onslow comes out, thinks that Father Christmas is still Elizabeth and decides he's going to go for another kiss. <laughs> Ends up kissing Hyacinth. Which, obviously, hilarious, hilarious, because it's it's the, the arch nemeses, as it were. But this is just the beginning. So she's then being snogged by Onslow. Richard starts snogging Elizabeth, which he seems to be, he and she are enjoying far too much. <laughs> I mean, this is highly inappropriate. But... It is. We have talked about this before on this podcast, mainly in series one, a little bit in series two, the sort of flirting that goes on between Elizabeth and Richard and whether it was flirting or not. Clearly, we would prove right. Absolutely. Hyacinth doesn't even seem to mind that much. No. She doesn't seem... I mean, if you... If if Mikey... Mm. If Mikey was suddenly snogging one of your neighbours... Well, and seemed to be really enjoying it. I'd be livid. You'd be absolutely furious, Especially you? if it was Leanne. <laughs> absolutely. And yet Hyacinth doesn't seem to mind. Then Rose comes out, snogging Emmett, mm. then snogs the vicar. That I, I do like that. I mean, that's kind of fine for Rose, because Rose is Rose and Emmett is single as well. It's in keeping. But, but <laughs> I like the acting where... Uh, Hyacinth sees Rose snogging Emmett. Vicar comes out. And shouts, Rose, the vicar, as in stop. Oh yeah, she says <laughs> then, thank you, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> and then snogs the vicar. And I do quite like if you watch the scene back and you look at Emmett, who of course is covered in Rose's lipstick. Yes, and he looks properly snogged. Yes, <laughs> you know he's suitably been snogged, hasn't he? Mm. Yes. Rose, there's the vicar. Thank you, Hyacinth. Uh, yeah, and then it sort of peters off and they all get in the car to go back to Hyacinth's for a mulled wine and a hot mince pie and Hyacinth beeps on slow on the nose. Yes. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> but the final, I mean, the the final line... It's terrible. It's just, Onslow, please don't trap Daddy's tail in the door. Cue the end credits. <sighs> Christmas suits you, Onslow. What the dickens was going on in this episode? (laughs) (laughs) It's a nice episode anyway, but well, it's not the strongest. It's not. Funny. Starts with that fantastic Christmas card scene. Yes. And then goes downhill. It really does. And I'd love, hopefully at some point we'll be able to interview (laughs) on the podcast some of the cast members. And it would be lovely to, if we could ask them what to the... ask them what was going on on that episode, yes, because there was definitely something going on. There was something in the water. There definitely was, like ours. Mm. <laughs> you could help. Cheers. Well, before we see how much we've been paying attention in the uh, for this particular episode, should we just have a little recap of Rose's men? Oh, I think we should. Series one and two. Talking of festive (laughs) ho-ho-hos. Hoi! How many men do you think there have been so far? Oh. Oh. 
What were we up to at the last count? In series one, there were six. Oh, gosh. It was one an episode. In fact, well, not quite, because there were some episodes where she didn't have any one, but some other episodes where she had two. Right. I think we may be up to nine. Fourteen. Fourteen? We've had, in order of appearance, you have been watching, Mr. (laughs) Crabtree, Mr. Hepplewhite, Mr. Blenkinsop, Mr. Duxbury, Reg, Dennis, Mr. Bickerstaff, Mr. Helliwell, Boris, Mr. Smith, an unnamed physical person, uh, Mr. Marinopolis, Mr. Butterfield, and Mr. Sudbury. She's a floozy. She is a floozy. But we love her. We love her. And uh, and and a good Mary Miller, of course, it's at the end of her first series of Keeping Up Appearances. She stays, spoiler alert, for uh, the rest of the series. And I think it's a better portrayal of Rose. She's lovely. She is very good. Right, let's see how much we've been paying attention, shall we? Mm-hmm. Here is the question from the producer. What was the Christmas... No, my word. What was the Christmas number one when this Christmas special originally aired on the BBC. Oh, what? We're not Paul Gambaccini. <laughs> for sake. I'm going to go for Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Mm. Mainly because I think that was in the 90s. But I, it might have been late 90s. Shaking Stevens, Merry Christmas, everybody. And the answer is... Oh, how interesting. Did it come out then? Bohemian Rhapsody. By Queen. Oh, they're not festive. No. Did it come out in the early 90s? No, it just came back again. No. Gosh. All those teeth. (laughs) Read your script. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now listen back to William and I chatting through every episode of Series 1 and 2. We'll be back soon to analyse the next series of this wonderful show... But until then, don't trap Daddy's tail in the car door. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.